welcome to That's So Original Podcast. I'm Kelly, and I'm here with Tiffany. Hey, Tiffany. Hey How's there. Life? Things are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know about that, but that's what we're going to go with. <laughs> Unicorns and rainbows. Okay, so I'm going to let you tell us about today's topic, movie, pick, etc., because you are the one that shows it, so take it away. Okay, so this week we watched Eli on Netflix. Hey, I'm Haley. I live down the road. I'm Eli. You say you're what, like, allergic to the world, right? I guess you could say that. We looked everywhere for a doctor to help you. You're gonna get better. Promise? Promise. Hello, Eli. I'm Dr. Horn. Hello. I hope you don't think of this as a medical facility. To me, it's a home. And for now, it's your home. Why is it so long? Everything we hoped for is right here. Shall we begin? What do you think is making you sick? Lots of things. The air, water, dust. Eli's gonna get worse before he gets better. something in my room bad dreams are a side effect it's perfectly normal i don't mean to freak you out but this place gives me the creeps i think she's making me sicker it's the medication no it's not the medication why do i feel worse because it's working i think something bad is happening Eli on Netflix came out in October of 2019 as Netflix original, obviously, directed by Siren Foy, C-I-A-R-A-N. Sure. And it stars Charlie Shotwell, who you might recognize from the movies Troop Zero, which is an Amazon original, and Captain Fantastic, which is such a good movie. I've watched it several times and always thought that the character was a girl, but now I find that it's this Charlie Shotwell kid, so... There you go. It's also from the producers of The Haunting of Hill House. Holla to Shirley. And Gerald's Game, which yep. I have not seen, but there you go. That is a Stephen King ad- adaptation. Um, very good book. Actually, the adaptation, the Netflix version of it was decent. It was pretty good. If you haven't figured it out yet, this is supposed to be like intense, creepy. I wouldn't say horror movie, but maybe some elements of horror. It's It's a creepy one. So if you're watching, you might not want to watch with younger kids. My kids are 14 and 16, and we enjoyed it immensely because there's some moments that you just have to laugh at. So Yeah, mine are 12 and 9, and I'm pretty sure this would scar them for a while. So, yeah, it's just just me watching this. So you want to start us out? Sure. So we open up on our character Eli. He's 11 years old, and he is staring out a window kind of forlornly. And then he gets up and he walks outside and he's running through this field. He's happy-go-lucky. It's a wonderful time. Off in the distance, there's a table 
it looks like maybe it's a birthday party. There's people mm-hmm. and some presents and stuff, but you can't make out faces or anything. And he's running towards them. And all of a sudden, he starts coughing and he collapses and his skin is covered in these burn-like hives and he's screaming bloody murder. And we find out that this is a dream. He wakes up and mom comes to comfort him and we see that Eli is sleeping in a plastic bubble. He's Bubble Boy! He is Bubble Boy. And they are in a ratty hotel room. And she's like, are you okay? What's going on? And he's like, I I had the same dreams that I thought I was cured. And she's like, that's okay. We're not going to have to dream about that any longer because we're going to go on this trip that's going to help you. Just one more drive to go and we are going to get you cured. And then we see him kind of getting ready for the day. He's cleaning himself with baby wipes. He's brushing his teeth and spitting it into a cup, then sealing it in a bag, which made me gag. Thank you Oh my much. God, yes. Ugh. And then he's taking his medication and all his clothes are vacuum sealed, but he's got a backpack for some reason and he's packing his backpack and... He's got a book about magic tricks and a flashlight, which, hello, foreshadowing. Those will come back mm-hmm. later. And then he, you know, zips himself into his hazmat suit and duct tapes gloves on and he's ready for his day. Oh, Eli. Uh, yeah, so a man who I'm going to call Eli's dad. Yep. His name is go Paul. With, go with it. Paul is tr- is trying to pay for this crappy motel room, but his card keeps getting declined and he doesn't have enough cash to cover it. And the... Motel guy, I guess, just takes as much money as he has. He takes his watch. He takes his watch. Oh, that's right. He said, nice watch. That's right. I have a problem with this hotel because the guy tells him it's $240 for two nights and three people. It is the crappiest hotel. At most, it's $89 a night. So I don't know what the hell they're paying for. But anyway. I don't know. I don't know. It's like the Honey Boy Motel. Yeah, it's it's bad. It's nasty. So Paul goes back to the room and gathers up Eli and Eli's mom so they can leave. They're walking through the parking lot and some guys that are hanging out next to some crappy camper start to laugh at at Eli and call him names because he's literally walking around in basically like a spacesuit hazmat suit. So he looks funny. And they're throwing like those firecrackers that explode when they hit the ground. Snappers. Uh, we called them like cherry bombs, maybe. I don't know. But so he starts freaking out and tries to run. But of course, he stumbles in his giant spacesuit and he rips the knee on the suit. He starts freaking out. And spoiler, he's allergic to the air, maybe kind of. Everything. And, everything. and yeah, everything. So the, the rip in the suit, he automatically, you can see his face, it starts to react. So they quickly cover the rip with tape. And then his mom does this thing that she does to calm him down. She tells him to pretend like he's blowing out birthday candles, like to take a deep breath and blow out. And when he's done and he's calmed down, she tells him to make a wish. His wish was, I wish I could beat the crap out of those guys. And she's like, nope, try again. Make another wish. So his next wish is that he wishes to be fixed. And as they pull out of the parking lot, I love this part, the dad backs her SUV into the chairs that the guys were sitting in. I would have backed into the camper, but the chairs work too. And then speeds off. Yeah. We'll go back and introduce mom and dad. Dad is played by Max Martini. I looked him up. He's been in a ton of military movies, like 13 Hours, Captain Phillips, Saving Private Ryan. He did oh, not so look... You've probably seen him a million times. Yeah, never I've never really, seen yeah. him before, so I'm assuming he had had, did, had bit parts on all of those. Mm-hmm. And then Mom's is named Rose, and she's Kelly Riley. She's been in a bunch of stuff. You'd know her if you saw her. She's in the show Yellowstone that's on 
the Paramount channel right now. She was in the Robert Downey Jr. version of Sherlock Holmes. She played Watson's wife, and she was in Flight with Denzel Washington. So there's that. But I did notice, I watched this twice, because I watched it when it first came out with my kids, and then we watched it for this episode. And I caught a hundred different things on second viewing, which I thought was fun. But as the dad is peeling out of the hotel parking lot, there's a billboard on the highway. And it says, Proverbs 19.9, the false witness will not go unpunished, and he who tells lies shall perish. So, thought that was interesting. But as they're driving along, the car starts sputtering, making these noises, and Dad's like, it's a piece of shit. And Eli's like, well, the old car never did that. And Dad's like, I wasn't talking about the car, I was talking about you. I'm like, okay. (laughs) Weird relationship that these two have. But they laugh, that's hilarious. Dad just called me a piece of shit. But it comes out that they sold the old car to get extra money to take him to this doctor, Dr. Horn, who is a miracle worker, according to mom. And we see another bit of imagery is the car is driving and it goes over this giant crossroads, but it looks like a giant cross on the ground. <gasps> yeah. I should have watched this twice. There I know. There's just so many catches. There's some religious elements that have, keep coming up. So they drive mm-hmm. past a house and a little like cabin and there's this little redhead girl sitting on a swing and she's just staring at Eli. And it is the actress Sadie Sink, and we find out later her name is Haley, but you would know her as Max from Stranger Things. But they, the car keeps driving, they're going down this foggy, wooded road, and it's every creepy movie ever. And then all of a sudden, this boom, this house comes out of the mist, and it looks like an old mansion type thing. Um, I said, this is a nope house. Yeah, this is Hill mm-hmm. House. This is every mm-hmm. creepy house ever. Um, yes. So they get up, and the front door which looks like a bank vault door, (laughs) is covered in upside-down crosses. So if you look at that, the design in it is upside-down crosses. And then there's these weird bugs circling the light out front. A voice on the intercom welcomes them and says she's Dr. Horn, and to enter into the decontamination chamber to protect the integrity of the house. It's the only way in or out, and Eli has to enter alone first. So he goes into this decontamination chamber, and I think it's kind of neat is that the floors are like hardwood floors, but they've been covered in plexiglass to keep it as a clean environment. Okay, so Eli enters the house, and he sees Dr. Horn is standing there, and there are two other women standing beside her, maybe nurses or something like that assistance anyway dr horn tells eli that he can take the suit off now um mom and dad have entered through the decontamination chamber as well by this time mom says this is a clean house so you're fine and he's really not so sure about it so he's gonna keep his spacesuit on for just a little bit Anyway, as they're walking to their room, Dr. Horn's going to show them to their rooms. She's explaining how this whole treatment is going to work. It's basically gene therapy. Eli gets his own room, which his parents aren't super thrilled about, but he wants to know how many patients she has treated and if she's cured them. In a classic deflection move, she says, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. Let's just worry about you. I'm going to make you better. Suddenly there's a very loud bang and Dr. Horn says, again, don't worry, it's the air filtration system. And hey, there's even less to worry about. This isn't creepy at all, but this house was abandoned for a while before we bought it. Which For God knows how long. Yeah, I mean, and that always makes for a really comfortable situation in scary movies, abandoned houses. So Eli looks down this adjacent hallway and it's blocked by clear plexiglass from top to bottom. 
Dr. Horn says, oh, that part of the house hasn't been made to be a clean environment. But again, don't worry because the seals are airtight. So everything's fine. Did you miss that there was a shadowy kid at the end of the hall as he was looking into that area? Yeah. Oh. But I was like, do, 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 let's keep on the tour. <laughs> ignore, ignore the ghost at the end of the hall. <laughs> okay. So Dr. Horn shows Eli to his room and he's still not looking entirely convinced as he walks around this, this huge room. It's a really nice room. He asks, is the water safe? And Dr. Horn goes over to the bathroom slash shower area, turns it on, tells him the water is filtered. It's purer than bottled water. And his mom's like, you can trust Dr. Horn. So he slowly starts to take off his suit and his mom's helping him. She's getting super emotional because I don't know how long it's been, but I feel like she hasn't touched him or really even seen him outside of that bubble probably been a really long time so they're crying and hugging and the shower is just running people think of our finite resources on the planet seriously turn the the water off (laughs) well we have to mention that dr horn dr isabella horn is played by lily taylor you know her from mystic pizza say anything high fidelity she's the mom in the conjuring clap clap that movie effed me up thank you very much that one still kind of creeps me out at night i thought it was weird that he's got this not a hospital bed but it kind of looks like a hospital bed it's very bare bones but there's this wooden antique armoire in there for some reason that i'm like why is that in a medical facility and the first thing i thought was he could take a shower and i was like that kid's gotta smell so bad so anyway god he's been wiping (laughs) off with baby wipes for years i know so later we see eli in the shower and Thank God he's in the shower. And he's crying because, you know, how long has it been since he's taken a shower? And then we flash to mom and dad who are in their room and they're unpacking. And mom's showing dad that she has this nice red and black hoodie that she bought for Eli to wear when they leave. And she's like, you know, Eli's so happy. Do you remember happy? Everything I hoped and prayed for is right here. And there's just lots of talk of faith. Lots of talk of Mm -hmm. faith. And dad turns to mom and says, I've always been a faithful man. Dot, dot, dot. And so there's this implication that mom has cheated at some time or something has happened between these two Mm -hmm. because they are not happy together, even though mom is trying to put on a brave face. Later that night, Eli is in bed and he's listening to the creaks and the groans and and he hears this like clicking at his window. So he gets up and it's one of the weird bugs and he kind of taps on the glass and says, do you want to come in? If you look next to him on the glass, the glass is getting fogged up as if someone is breathing on it but there's no one there. So you get a puff on the glass and then it kind of starts to evaporate and puff on the glass. And all of a sudden then four finger marks go through the condensation and Eli loses his shit as he should and runs to his mom room and asks to sleep with them. And she lets him in because I mean, when's the last time she could have that kid sleep in bed with her. Yeah, And that was the first jump scare. I counted them (laughs) because I hate jump scares. So there's your warning jump scare at that part. So the next day, Eli comes downstairs to see Dr. Horn and his parents standing at the bottom. And he tells Dr. Horn that he didn't sleep very well because he saw breathing on the window. And Dr. Horn starts, you know, asking him, are you sure you were awake? Were you asleep? Sometimes the medications that you're taking can make you have weird dreams. And he's like, okay, sure. That's that's probably it. And they're walking down a hall and they get to these big double doors. And they're getting ready to walk through. But Dr. Horn says, Eli has to come alone. 
and his parents have to wait outside the door for him. Again, they do it with the calm down, make a wish, breathing, blah, blah, blah. And this time his wish was that he could be brave. So Eli and Dr. Horn go through these doors and this is the area of the house where the treatments i'm making air quotes right yeah the the treatments are going to happen so it's like a surgical room but yeah yeah they weigh him and they put a medical gown on him oh i said this looks like where they do autopsies it's, right it's yeah, very yeah. creepy <laughs> they're taking his picture and he's like why are you taking my picture what is, what is this all about why this why that and one of those ladies from the beginning that was standing with Dr. Horn, I'm, I'm just going to call her one of the nurses. She says, stop asking so many questions. Well, she says, you know what happened to the boy who asked too many questions? He's like, you got answers. <laughs> I was like, that was so something I would have said. And then, but she never answers. So it was weird. Uh, so Dr. Horn comes in and she is in some ridiculous purple kind of scrubs ish outfit is how i described it um, it's it's really ridiculous yeah. and she she pulls on some purple gloves to complete this ridiculous outfit but anyway eli is on a table laying on his stomach with his head to the side and there's a clamp like holding his head down looks very uncomfortable dr horn asks him when all of this started so here's our answer yeah. he says four years ago but it's getting worse while she's asking him these questions, she's putting betadine on his butt and then she jabs him with a needle and ugh. she asks him, what do you think is making you sick? And he says the air, water, dust, basically everything. She says, maybe, but maybe something else. And then she starts to talk about what an autoimmune disease is and how it's the body fighting against itself and she has made or i'm not sure she's she's using a specially modified virus and injecting it into his bone marrow this sounds like a solid plan but the long and short of it is it's going to repair this faulty gene and it's just going to fix everything so they lower this flashing light thing down near his head, and then she's using words like bone punch, and I'm like, oh my god, this sounds so pretty gross. horrendous. And she has him start counting backwards, and she's screwing this thing, this bone punch, into his hip, and I assume maybe she's like taking a, a sample, or... I thought it was like bone marrow or some sort. Yeah, 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 I don't know. Anyway, but as he is counting, there's this metal chair that's right near his head, and he sees in the reflection someone that looks like they're wearing a medical gown like he's wearing. And they like, have red a, eyes. Red. Like a, I was going to say, like a creepy person. <laughs> All of a sudden, he wakes up, and he's on his back, and he's strapped down kind of in a crucifixion pose. And he's screaming, it burns, it burns. And she says, it's just the medication. And he freaks out. And you can see his skin is burning from the inside out. Like he's just covered in blisters. And it's just crazy. And he wakes up later in his bed with an IV. And he unhooks it because everybody in movies knows how to unhook an IV. Like everybody just knows how to do that. And he gets up and he's kind of holding his back. And he hears this clicking at the window. So he gets up and he breathes on it. And he leaves a handprint. And clink, all of a sudden the glass breaks. And he looks out, and it's the red-headed girl that he saw earlier, and she's throwing pebbles at the window. So he goes down to this old section of the hospital, which has a furnace in it, 
and a giant glass gazebo. Seems like poor planning to me. Why would you make your furnace room the fanciest room in your house? But well, I was like, how did he even know yeah, like, how to which get room there. he needed to go to where she'd be? Right? Yeah, because that was not on the tour. So I don't know. No, I... And I just said, this seems oddly designed. So he goes up to the window and they talk through the glass. Yet no one notices him doing this or this little girl. And she says, my name's Haley and I live down the road. And she kind of jumps out and says, boo to him. And she says, oh, I shouldn't have done that because you're sick. He's like, how do you know I'm sick? She's like, you're in there. That's what all of you are. You're sick. And she's like, you're allergic to the world, right? And he, like, kind of tells her his life story about how his mom was sick when he was, she was pregnant and blah, blah, blah. Because the kid has never talked to another kid. So he's got lots bottled up to say. And she's like, all right, well, thanks for your life story. But I don't like your name. I don't like Eli. I'm going to call you something else. And so he decides he's going to show her a magic trick because she's a cute girl. And hey, why not? And also, he's carrying a deck of cards in his pants, which means he would have had them on, like, through his operation, his treatment, the whole thing, which is so random. And she's like, that's cool, but I can light this twig on fire with my mind. And then she turns her back to him, and you kind of hear what sounds like a match striking. And she turns around, and it's on fire in her hand. And she's like, are you scared of fire? And he's like, no. And she's like, I used to be scared of fire. Then I learned how to master it. And Eli's like, you know what? You got to tell me how to do it. And she's like, sometimes you got to figure things out on your own. And then he says, well, do you want to come in? I can ask my parents if you can. She's like, uh, no thanks. There's something off about this place. I'm not supposed to be here. The woman who owns this place doesn't like me. I think she's shifty. Don't tell anyone I was here. And he's like, okay, this is really weird. And she's like, see you later, Houdini. So now she's going to call him Houdini because Eli apparently is a dumb name. So back inside the house, Eli is walking down the hall when the lights start to flicker. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he puts on his flashlight. He's got his deck of cards and his flashlight with him at all times, it seems like. He shines it around and into a room that's blocked off by that clear plexiglass. It's an, another one of those unclean rooms. And he sees, okay, this scene is weird as all get out that this girl is like in the middle of a yoga pose and she's like back bending weirdly there are some super flexible ghosts around here so she like stands up out of this back bend and then she disappears and then she reappears a couple seconds later and then she's walking towards him and then she's running towards him and then screaming and that's jump scare number two and eli is on the floor and the girl's gone lights come back on was it real? Was it a hallucination? Don't know. He turns to see a shadow of the girl behind those plastic... They're these plastic flat things in the hallway. Like freezer um, doors. They have it like supermarkets. Yes, yeah, those freezer exactly like curtains. That. So, of course, he thinks that this is that person he just saw, the ghost he just saw or whatever, but it's his dad. And he's barreling through, dragging that ivy stand, and he's like, what the hell are you doing? And... Eli's freaking out about the girl, the girl, and of course, Dad's like, what girl? And thinks Eli is nuts. Yeah. Well, he's looking into that room to begin with, and if you notice very subtly, there's a rocking chair in there, and it is rocking, and there's mm-hmm. nobody in it. And I don't understand why there's a closed-off room with, with furniture covered in sheets and supposedly a clean house. Just take that shit out of there. Go sell those right. to antiques. Like, that's what, those aren't clean. All those sheets covered in dust, not clean. You're dumb. Mm-mm. Anywho, so now we're around the table at dinner, and they're praying and giving the thanks, thanking the Lord for Dr. Horn before they eat. And my first question is, Eli can eat regular food? 
dad is still pissed at him. He wants that drip back in his hand. He's got to put it back in his hand. And Eli's mad that dad won't believe him about the girl. And Eli's having a temper tantrum. Eli's got some got some anger issues, but we think mm-hmm. they come from dad because dad's kind of a piece of work too. And I just love that mom is so hippy dippy. This must be so overwhelming for your body and mind and you place, etc. I totally get it. That's so stressful. Yeah, and then the food yeah. looks like literal shit. And Eli <laughs> says as much because it's like black jello with like something on it. And Dad's like, you know what? It tastes like shit too. Just shut up and eat it. <laughs> So later that night, Eli's in bed and he's reading his one and only book, the magic book. I don't know how you can cl- clean a book either that he can have. That's a clean exactly book. what I've, I'm saying. That's, mm. I don't know how that would have worked in the outside unclean world. You would think it'd be it'd be covered in like sheeting, like those those file covers or something. But whatever. Yes. But he's reading, and in his book, it's got Haley's light a thing on fire trick. Just happens to have this randomly in a child's magic kit. But whatever. <laughs> But he hears this loud thumping, and all of a sudden the door of his antique armoire kind of opens. And then as the door opens, the mirror on the front is turned, and we see on the reflection a body wrapped in the curtain next to Eli's bed. But he looks, and there's no feet. And I tell you what, Eli is a lot braver than me, because he gets out of bed and he checks on it. mm, No, no, Eli, uh uh-uh, I wouldn't be doing that. So he's like, who are you? They don't have feet, Eli. They're not going to answer you. Typical scary movie. Yeah. So he pulls the curtain and there's nobody there. And so he goes up to the window and looks at his reflection again because, hey, why not? Because it worked out the last couple times so wonderfully. It's fun. This kid has no toys. He has a magic trick book. You know, he's got to make his own fun. Yeah. So the window fogs up again and he writes his name in it, but he, he makes his E really weird. It looks like a three. But he fogs it up and he writes his name, and then you see the breathing again, and someone fogs up where he wrote his name, and they write lie. So they rearrange the letters of Eli to write lie. Eli backs up terrified and runs into the armoire, and I was like, why would you go into the armoire? It's already been weird. You've seen reflections in it. As he's getting to the armoire, we see the reflection in the mirror shows there's a kid at the window where he was just at. There's a kid, like, sitting there. Then all of a sudden he turns and the kid is behind him covered in blood. But then he's gone again when he turns. I was like, stop looking in the freaking mirror. All the things are in the mirror. Stop looking in there. Bad things happen in mirrors. And all of a sudden a hand shoots out of the armoire and the fingers are all broken and gross. And it's a kid and he's coming out of the armoire. And Eli tries to crawl away and the kid is grabbing him and dragging him back. And then he's screaming, he's clawing at the ground and the kid's dragging him back. And all of a sudden the kid turns into his mom and dad. And mom is screaming, do something, do something. And the dad's like, what? Like, what? What do you want me to do? I'm not a doctor. I don't know why he's freaking out. So the doctor actually comes in and she adds medication to his IV that puts him to sleep. And she tells mom, you know, it's the medication. This happens. It's one of the side effects sometimes. And mom's like, well, maybe you should lower the dosage because he's freaking out. This seems weird. Yeah. And dad says, shut up. We paid a lot to come here. And I'm like, oh, dad. And the doctor's like, I'm not going to sugarcoat this. It's very hard on his body, and some of the symptoms are going to flare up, especially with procedure two. He's going to get worse before he gets better. Dun-dun-dun, ominous music. Mm, yeah, so again, we're going through those double doors into the medical wing, and his parents are waiting outside. Eli is laying on his back this time with these clamps all around his head, and his wrists and legs are strapped. 
Dr. Horn injects something into his arm and he's like, it burns, it burns. And she's like, chill out, that's supposed to happen. Then she's like, oh, one quick thing. This virus that I have concocted can't pass through into the brain on its own. So we're just going to have to drill into your brain for just a itty bitty second and inject it directly inside. (laughs) (laughs) To to which I'd have been like, okay, you know what? I'm good. Yeah, I'll I'll just live in a bubble. I'm good with the bubble. That's yeah, it's not really all that bad. So one of the other women nurses is shaving a spot on the back of his head and Dr. Horn says, relax yeah and she goes which i don't know about you but truly the most relaxed i've ever been was this one time someone was pushing a cordless drill into my head yeah so amazing i know it's it's like acupuncture but like with a drill so she's drilling into eli's head dear lord anyway procedure done dr horn comes out and she tells eli's parents that he had a reaction today it's common. It's fine. Eli's mom wants to see him, obviously. She's like, oh my gosh, well, I need to see him. And Dr. Horn says, how about after he's had some rest? Yeah. Let's give him five seconds because we're going to be at dinner again, like, now. Yeah. Well, I think it's funny is that before they go back in the tree or a mom and dad get their hands held together and they're like, United Front will be here when you come out. No problem. Soon as that door shuts, they drop hands like like they can't stand to be near each other. The doctor comes out. Mom is holding a cross and she is praying for all that she can that he'll be okay. And dad's like, you really think praying's going to help? And she's like, well, yeah, I'm kind of hoping on it. That's the point. But now we're back at dinner again. A lovely dinner. What looks like yellow baby poop. Mm. They serve the best food. And mom's talking to Eli and she says, Dr. Horn said you were very brave today. And Eli's like, yeah, there's something shifty about her. (laughs) Eli's like, she's making me sicker. And I saw something. And dad's like, it's working. Do you want to leave and stay sick forever or stay and get better? And he's like, well, I kind of want to get better, but this is a shit show. And I kind (laughs) of want to leave too. So I'm torn. Is there a third option? (laughs) Okay. So it's nighttime and hey, Haley's back. And I just have in my notes, do her parents know that she's hanging out in the woods at night, like, and just bothering these people down the road? <laughs> she's really annoying. They're probably like, Haley, didn't you want to go down and um, bug the neighbors for a little while? I know. And she's outside his window and he realizes that she's there. He's going to go downstairs, but he turns and his bathroom light is flickering. And there's a shadow behind the shower curtain in his bathroom, like somebody's in there. And so he goes and he flings the curtain back and the water's running, but there's nobody there. So he turns it off and then he turns around and the sink is running and the mirror's all fogged up. So he turns the water off there and he looks in the mirror and all of a sudden his nose is bleeding and the lights go out. And then a shadowy kid, you can see him in the reflection of the mirror and Eli shuts his eyes. He's like, this isn't real. This isn't real. I know this isn't real. Everybody's told me it's not real. It can't be real. So then he turns and a hand comes out to grab him out of the shower curtain That's jump scare number four, if anyone's counting. And this dead kid starts chasing him. Eli hides in the armoire, where all the ghosts tend to come from. Let's just go hang in there. You know, that's smart. Seems smart. And he's in there, and there's just loud banging, and it's jiggling, and he's freaking out. Something is, like, either trying to get in or break down this armoire. Something's happening. And Eli is screaming for his parents. I don't know why they haven't come to get him. I don't know what's happening. And all of a sudden, the armoire tips over on its back. Obviously, obviously things must be better now since the armor tipped over. Things must be great. So he climbs out and as he does, he sees that the door has been broken and the mirror has been broken and someone has used the glass from the mirror to carve his name Eli 
like a dozen times into the wood with the broken mirror glass. And dad walks in, he's like, what did you do? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, that kid just went ape shit on that armoire and scratched his name <laughs> into it. But it's his name. <laughs> so That kid who looks like he is half dead, he looks horrible after this second procedure. But sure, he's the one that's that's you know fucking shit up so then we're downstairs and eli is straight up being interrogated by dr horn and his parents they think he did all these things i mean who else would carve their own name into this door and eli's like no they carved the word lie it's not my name and i was like i don't think you know how to spell lie sweetheart because that says eli and doctor's like none of my other patients mentioned ghosts i don't know what you're talking about Eli flips and runs back to his room because no one believes him, but it's also daytime, even though it was just nighttime. I'm mm-hmm. very confused on this timeline in this this section. It was like an 18-hour interrogation. Yeah, it was, was. One. Yeah. it was a long one. It was a long one. So back in Eli's room, like the next night, the same night, who, who even knows at this point? But anyway... Haley's back with her bullshit, throwing the rocks up against the window, come down and hang out with me, blah, blah, blah. This time he makes it down to the glass room. The armor doesn't attack him. <laughs> and she wants to know what happened last night. And he, uh, really, he looks like death warmed over. He's like stumbles over to the window and she's like, oh, you, you look terrible. He's like, well, I feel terrible. So thanks. I mean, he looks like a zombie. Seriously. And he tells her, I think this house is haunted. Haley's like, duh. And then she tells him about Perry. Perry was the kid that was in the house before him. And Perry said the same thing. Perry said the longer he was in the house, the more clearly he saw the ghosts. Which obviously raises some red flags for Eli because Dr. Horn literally just said none of her other patients saw ghosts. And here Haley saying, oh yeah, Perry told Dr. Horn about seeing ghosts and she said it was whatever medication hallucinations, whatever and this was right before procedure three and then poof perry's gone she never sees him again eli is like well this is fun but now i've decided i got to get the heck out of here so Haley says go get your hazmat suit and take off but eli says oh well, i wouldn't make it outside without my parents which is probably true but he hears a door open and I love this. Eli has no fear in some ways and then other ways. He is afraid of everything. Right. But he hears this door open. He's like, I'm going to go check it out. Just wait right here. Of course, the lights in the hall are flickering per haunted house, usual. And jump scare number five now. Something starts pulling on Eli and knocks him to the ground and starts dragging him away down this hall and as he passes by some of that plexiglass you can see in the reflection that he's actually being dragged by three ghosts and i'm like it took three ghosts to pull this tiny little kid those ghosts look like shit so they they obviously didn't have a lot of strength so well i'm like you've got all day ghosts try some free weights or something like this should not take three of but they drag him through the doors of the decontamination chamber and they lock him inside. And he's freaking out, obviously, that the outside doors are going to open. Suddenly he's pulled back out and Dr. Horn is there and his parents are running down the stairs. And Dr. Horn saying he's trying to leave the house. We got to get him under control. She's trying to give him a sedative and he's yelling, I know about Perry. And she's like, nope, don't know Perry. And then he understands the lie thing. He's like, ah, the lie, you're a liar. 
His mom is trying to calm him down and doing the breathe and make your birthday wish, Eli. And Eli screams, I don't want to make a fucking wish. And he smashes. <laughs> Eli is going over the edge. So he smashes his hand through some glass. It's a fire alarm like, thing. Yeah, yeah. And He's got some anger issues. It comes back later. <laughs> Uh A little bit. Uh, Yeah, and he's got some adrenaline strength, too, right at this moment. Anyway, so he smashes his hand through this glass, and then he looks at his hand and sees the blood. Then he passes out. Night-night, Eli. I thought what was hilarious is that when he's talking to Haley, and Haley's like, you know, I didn't talk to Perry as much as I've talked to you. You've had one conversation with Eli. (laughs) One. So what was your conversation with Perry that was less than this? Yet you talked about ghosts. I don't know. They're either we cut out a scene or you are talking crap. Anyhow. So Eli's in bed again. Surprise, surprise. Back to bed. Knocked out on sleeping pills. And out mm-hmm. in the hall, Dr. Horn and Dad are whispering to each other. And Mom is kind of watching them from behind the corner. And Dr.'s saying he's not accepting treatment. We need to make a decision and just have to do it. Mom comes out. She's like, what? So what are you guys talking about? What, what's going on? Dad's like, oh, Doc was just saying she can't believe you'd try to leave. Isn't that so weird? And mom's got her skeptical face on, like, I know you're full of shit. Uh-uh. Dr. Horner says, well, Eli's brain is waging war against the serum. That's why he's so sick and delusional. And Doc wants to give him some diazepam until the procedure so that he'll sleep. And mom says, um, okay, well, give it to me, and I'll give it to him. I think it'll, be, it'll go better if it comes from me. So she goes into Eli's room, and for some reason, the, the door of the armoire is still laying on the floor, like... That doesn't seem very clean or safe to me, Dr. Horn. I do not recommend you on Yelp as a doctor. Your place is not clean. Eli's like, I'm not crazy. Dad thinks I'm crazy. He looks at me and he doesn't believe me. And his mom's like, you mean the same way you're looking at me? Like, you don't believe me that I know what's best for you? And she's like, this is hard for your dad. He found Dr. Horn. He looked everywhere for a doctor to help you. I think you saw things, but I don't think they're real. And she's like, you just have to trust me. It's almost over. You just need to get some sleep. And then she says, oh, what's that? And pulls one of the pills from behind his ear because suddenly she's a magician too. <gasps> Magic. I know. Here, take this pill. And she's like, prove to me you took it. So he's like moving his tongue around. Yeah, I, I took it. She gives him a hug. And as he's hugging her, he looks over her shoulder at the door of the armoire and all the scratchings and realizes it doesn't say lie. It says the numbers 317. And so the mom leaves and Eli's going to spit out that pill because he's not a dummy and he did not take it. Eli's got tricks too, mom. Okay. So meanwhile, we're in a weird sand floored basement of some sort. And we see Dr. Horn has Eli's hazmat suit and she just takes a match and sets it on fire inside. You know, no worries. So rude. I'm like, you couldn't have done that outside. Plastic reeks when it burns. You think no one's going to notice that shit? They have a fantastic ventilation system. Didn't you see the Yelp review? Oh, that's true. Well, then we just kind of get a couple flashes. Eli's laying in his bed, his arms are out, and he's like, Jesus on the cross again, crucifixion pose. And mom and dad, we see them in their bedroom, and she's on one side of the bed, and he's on the other, and they are not looking at each other back to back. They are obviously on opposing sides. Dun, dun, dun. Ominous music. (laughs) So the next morning, Eli is wide awake, because, you know, he didn't take that pill. He's probably been up all night. And he hears the sound of the rock against the window again and goes down to meet Haley. And now he wants some answers. He wants to know if Perry said that the ghosts were trying to help him or hurt him. And Haley is like, don't know. And he says that he thinks maybe they were trying to get him to leave, like get out of here, help him type thing. 
And they also gave him the number 317. And Haley's like, ooh, a secret code. And he's like, ha, ha, ha. Wait, yeah, it actually might be a secret code. And he thinks that it's the code to the medical wing. Well, it's funny is that she comes out of nowhere, like, it's a secret code to a secret door. He's like, I never said anything about a door. She's like, don't look at me like that. It was the first thing that popped in my head. He's like, you're not a ghost too, are you? She's only showing up at night. Eli seems to be the only person that's seen her. There's something jinky about Haley. She's like, what if you get caught? He's like, everybody's got to go to sleep, right? So now we're at 1.30 in the morning and Eli is sitting on his bed and he's watching the clock because he's waiting for everybody to fall asleep so he can go strolling through the house. It's 1.37. Oh, sorry. Thank you. Which I thought was interesting because <gasps> it, it was, they used, yep. Mm-hmm. Mm, good catch on that one. So he's walking through the house with his flashlight and I was like, dude, they're ghosts. I wouldn't even be able to stick my foot out of the covers at night and you're wandering through this house. Nuts. So he goes down and he magically finds this door with a passcode and enters 317. And I was so ready to laugh if it didn't work, but he got in. <laughs> and the the door closes behind him automatically and super loudly, yet no one notices. Nope. And then he walks to this next room and he opens the door and Dr. Horn's in there asleep. That's obviously her bedroom. And he shines that motherfucking flashlight right in her face while she's sleeping. Nothing. No response. No, no nothing. So he just keeps tramping through and he finds the treatment room. And as he's walking in there, he hears a voice saying, lie. He follows the voice to Dr. Horn's office that is just off the treatment room for some reason and starts going through her files. Meanwhile, mom is awake and she's interrogating dad about what she saw him and the doctor talking about. And dad's like, she said we need to prepare for all possibilities. That with each procedure, there are risks. He had a bad reaction to the last one. There's a chance he won't make it through treatment three. And mom's like, but she's cured every one of her patients. That's what you told me. That's what I told Eli. Why would you lie to me about that? He's like, I'm just trying to do what's best. We knew this is a possibility. And mom's like, is his life in danger? Oh my God, it's in danger. How dare you? I'm leaving and I'm taking him with me. He's like, how dare I? After what you did, you're the one who wanted to try anything. We had one chance to do the right thing. But all of a sudden, they're a floor above, but their muffled shouting awakes the doctor. Not the kid inches from her face with the flashlight or the loud banging of doors. Right. But the muffled shouting a couple stories away. That wakes her up. When we go back to Eli, he's digging through files, and he hears someone coming, so he hides. And a ghostly voice says, Eli. And he finds the one locked filing cabinet. She's got all these filing cabinets, and this little short one is locked. Suddenly, Eli knows how to pick a lock with a paperclip. He's very good at it. He learned it from that magic book. Apparently. And he opens it up and boom, his file is right on top. And he looks at his file and then underneath that there's a file for Perry Hobbs. And as he flashes through that, we see there are pictures from treatment one, treatment two, treatment three. Treatment three, Perry is dead. The next one is for Agnes Thorne. Pictures of her, treatment three, dead. Lucius Woodhouse, dead by treatment three. So Eli is flipping out and he drops the files and he breaks a glass and all of a sudden the treatment lights come on and one of the nurses comes in and she's looking around and she's coming into the office where Eli's at and she turns on the light and walks in, but Eli's gone. He's, I don't know how in those couple seconds he's... He's Houdini. Yeah, he is Houdini. He's running to his parents saying, they have to leave, they have to leave, but he gets up to their room and parents aren't there because mom is outside loading the car. She's getting the fuck out of here. She's done with the shit. So the doctor comes out and she's telling her, take a breath. Where would you even go? And mom's like, anywhere, as far away as possible. And doctor's like, and keep him in a glass cage? Mom's like, well, he would be loved. And doctor's like, no amount of love can protect him from his condition. You know that. It will only get worse. 
Out there is only suffering for him. In here, there's still a chance. Mom's like, I need to know you can save him. Doc's like, with you by my side, I can. Super team. Go team treatment three. Woo! All right. Okay. It's about to go off the rails, people. Hang on tight. We're going to so... take a hard left here in a minute. <laughs> hard, hard. Hard left. left. Hold on to that oh shit bar in the, in your car because it's going to get wild. So Eli runs into his parents' room and his dad's there because, you know, mom's out packing the car and he's trying to get him to leave and he tells him all of Dr. Horn's patients died and his dad is telling Eli about a dream he had about their dog and I'm like, where is this even going? I do not understand. And then he starts talking about how jealous he is of how when his mom tells him that he loves him and he says I know it's like I'm so jealous of like your confidence and her love for you and then he apologizes for all this and Eli's like um what and he gives him a hug and then jabs him with some kind of injection uh, assuming probably a sedative yeah and because they're always trying to knock this kid out. So Dr. Horn and the nurses now walk in and they're dragging Eli out and he's kicking and screaming about how she killed all her patients. And suddenly there's an explosion and we see that the car outside is on fire. And Eli seizes this opportunity to bite one of the nurses holding him and run for his life. And he runs to the office to try to find the files, but of course they're gone. And he's screaming at Dr. Horn again about how she killed her patients, but they're all still there in the house. And he's holding a knife, and I don't even know what's happening. I think it's a letter opener or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was like, where did he get this? He runs to another room and barricades the door. And then he notices one of those insects from before. It looks like a, a robot bug. It looks like a mayfly, like a funky mayfly, but yeah. But it sounds really like metallic. It was weird. So the insect is flying around and then it lands near this picture and he picks it up and it's a bunch of nuns. And Dr. Horn is one of those nuns. And the two nurses. And the two nurses, you guys. Dun, dun, dun. Wake up. It's getting real. Mm-hmm. So the bug flies through this crack in the wall that leads down some stairs into a altar room. What? what? What's got what's Very happening? sandy altar room. I don't what's up with mm-hmm. that? I don't know. Yeah, maybe it's like dampens the sound from getting upstairs or somewhere know. out of the house. Mm. I don't know. Or it's in the ground. It's just sandy down there. I don't know. First of all, this kid is walking barefoot down these stairs and he's just got his shirt over his face because he's like, um, I'm in a nasty cellar and I'm breathing this nasty air. This cannot be the clean part of the house. For sure. This seems like a weird <laughs> part to have in the house. But at the bottom of the stairs is this like heavy metal gate and a, I don't, is that a well? It's, I think it's a well. Is that what it is? It's this big. I just said it was like this giant altar thingy. Maybe it's an altar, but it's a big round thing and it's got a wooden top on it that's got a weird symbol mm-hmm. on it. And then he looks over and he sees there's an altar with a cross and a cru- or crucifix laying there. All of a sudden, he turns around, and the doctor and his parents are on the other side of that metal gate, and they lock him in. And Mom's like, wait, hold up. This is not a clean environment. We did not agree to this. Eli starts hyperventilating because they're locking him down in the sandy basement, and he passes out. We hear some ghostly whispers of Eli, and he wakes on that dirt floor. 
like all sand with his face in the sand and he takes in a deep breath and he realizes I can breathe. I can breathe just fine. So he stands up and he's like, mom, dad, I'm not sick. I'm not sick. Why did you tell me I was sick and going to die? And he turns around and mom's at the stairs and he's like, why did you lie to me? And all of a sudden as he's getting angrier, the lights are flickering and she's like, I'm sorry I lied to you about being sick. And like, dun, dun, dun. We realize he's never been sick. She's like, you were never allergic, but I had to protect you from the world. No one is trying to hurt you. It's all my fault, but you have to go through this procedure. And I was like, why? If he's not sick, why do we have to do this? But then all of a sudden, he just kind of falls over like he's passed out. And mom freaks out. and She runs in to check on him. And when she goes in, Eli swings this metal crucifix into her face and knocks her out and runs away. So Eli's making a run for it, and he goes to the glass room where he always has his midnight chats with Haley, and uh, she's standing there. Conveniently. Conveniently. Yeah, yeah, she just loiters outside the house all the time. (laughs) And he is desperately trying to break the glass, and again, Haley's just standing there watching him like, yeah, good job, go for it. And back to mom on the floor of the altar room, and she grabs a knife. And It's part of the crucifix. The top comes off, and yeah, it's a yeah, knife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She pulls it, and yeah, it's a knife. And all of the people make it into this glass room and grab Eli before he can bust out through the glass, and Haley tells him not to be afraid. And then we are back to the altar room and mom and she pushes open that top that we were talking about before on this round whatever it I is think it's a well and but i don't know maybe but because but it doesn't it, go it anywhere like, so i don't know yeah so i was just gonna say it was not like deep at all because she just pushes that top open and boom there's the bodies of the other patients who did not make it through procedure they were back in the treatment room and for some this is the part that bothered me is that the dad and nurses are stripping off Eli's clothes and putting him into the hospital gown. Like, that's the important thing. Instead of just strapping him down. We have to get him in this gown. Why? Why? Continue. So, Dr. Horn walks into the procedure room with Rose behind her holding a knife to her back. And she tells Eli's dad, question mark, that she found the bodies of all the other patients. Dr. Horn said, okay, You got me. Look, the gene therapy, it's not going to work, but I can still save him. So Rose is trying to get Eli off the table because they're going to get the heck out of there, whether the car blew up or not. She hands dad the knife and then he hands it to Dr. Horn. And she says, I can save his soul. So, okay, it's getting weird. Dad grabs Rose, mom, and pulls her away from the table. And now Dr. Horn is putting on, like, I don't know the words for these I things. don't either. It's like I a call, cow, religious cowl or something. Yeah, I called it her nun shawl. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah it's been <laughs> Shows how much I know. So she starts praying and throwing holy water on Eli, and then she's reading from the Bible. And I said, is this an exorcism now? What the hell is going on? Spoiler alert, it's an exorcism. Because she's saying the sickness you have doesn't come from outside, but within. And she's like, what did I do? And she's like, you didn't do anything wrong, but you will. And I was like, hard left, hard left. Movie's yeah, well, hard I, left. I can't tell you how many times I wrote, what the fuck is going on in my <laughs> And we notice as she's chucking that holy water at him, it is burning his skin. And I'm like, is Eli a demon? Apparently, I came into this realization real slow. <laughs> and 
So Dr. Horn grabs the dagger and she raises it and she's going to stab him. But as soon as the knife is right above his chest, it stops. Then her wrist starts to kind of turn and the knife is turning around towards Dr. Horn. And then she stabs herself and we see Eli is making very concentrated faces. You know that Eli is like making this stuff happen. He burns through the restraints on the table and gets up and he screams and all the stuff in the room goes flying. And the nuns, now we know that they are actually nuns, they are trying to escape, but the door is locked and Eli, not about to let them leave. They are like hovering up in the air and he's like, spinning them around, torturing them, whatever. And his mom is like, please let them go, Eli. But he just sets them on fire instead. They're upside down in the crucifixion pose. Yes, yes. He says, what have you been putting inside me? And she's like, holy water. The injections were tannish through suppression medications while she worked on her genes. Because then he says, what am I? And she says, you're our son. And that's when he lets the nuns on fire. And she goes, okay, well, you're my son. Dad wakes up and he can see the knife laying on the ground. And mom's like, the Lord didn't answer me, but your father did. He promised you wouldn't be like him, but he lied. The devil always lies. So we know that he's the Antichrist, that Eli hears the Antichrist. So all of a sudden, Dad sneaks up and he's going to stab him. But Mom narks him out, being a total bitch. She's like, Eli, look out! And he turns and just with his little finger of shame, points it at Dad and Dad's head explodes. And I was like, wow, overreaction much? Calm down. A little bit. Mm-hmm. Dad was not in the wrong here. Um, Mom, completely cool with exploded Dad, continues her monologue. I wanted you so desperately. Forgive me. Eli grabs his mom's face and then he grabs her cross necklace and rips it off and throws it. And then he walks out of the treatment room and as he's walking, each little footstep is made of fire. Now the whole house is ablaze and his eyes are glowing red and he's walking like he's been on the worst drug trip ever. He walks out of the house and when the minute he walks out of the house, all of a sudden like the burn marks on his on his flesh are fading away. The red eyes has faded and he can breathe. So he takes in this deep breath like, oh my gosh, I'm normal. Hmm. I don't think so. Not not so much. And then mom is right behind him. And all of a sudden, conveniently, there's Haley. She's just outside casually leaning on the blown up car. And she's like, hey, Houdini, I knew you were stronger than the others. He's like, what others? And she's like, yeah, you're poor departed half brothers and sister. Dad gets around and her eyes glow red. So obviously she's one of Satan's children too. And he's like, you could have just told me. And she's like, well, would you have believed me? And I was like, well, he believed in ghosts. So yeah, he probably yeah, would have. It wouldn't have been a stretch, Haley. Yeah. And then she's like, besides, we aren't allowed to set each other free. Dad says you have to earn your place. And then she turns and she like kind of looks at his mom and she's like, do you still trust her? And mom's standing there with the hoodie that she got for him to wear, you know, when he leaves and says, it's cold outside. Um, he's made of fire, mom. He's fine. <laughs> he doesn't need your freaking hoodie. Let her be motherly. God. <laughs> and she's like, hey. Uh, she looks at mom. And she's like, hey, mom, you're driving. Let's go. We have a long road ahead. And I was like, uh, the car was blown up. How is she driving it? But they all just pile in like we're going on family vacation. And the mom has the only clarity of this entire movie. She's like, I'm driving? Where the fuck am I driving to? She decides to have a panic attack, as one does in these kind of situations. And Eli turns to her and says, mom, breathe. Blow out all the candles and make a wish. 
And the whole time Haley is watching this, like, oh my god, you guys are so annoying. And she's like, can we just go? And then they just drive off. And I've got, how does one drive to hell exactly? I mean. I was just going to say, I wonder how far away the devil is. Because they, do they even have a full tank of gas? And it was blown up. So there's either magic running that or something. And I mean, there's a hell Michigan. So maybe they were coming this way. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. But but so, but that is Eli. Wow. That is, that is mm-hmm. Eli. There's a yeah. lot of hard lefts. <laughs> In this mm-hmm. movie. It was a totally different story than I thought. But I did think it was kind of cool how for most of the movie, you're rooting for Eli. And then all of a sudden at the end, you realize that he's the bad guy. And the lady you thought was a child killer is actually the nun trying to rid him of the devil. It's like, wow. She's still a child killer, though. I mean, she's well, killed a couple. I mean, yeah. Yeah, but they were the devil's children, Tiffany. Well, she tried to save them. That's true, see? And she was trying to do the Lord's work. And here this whole time, I thought Dad was cagey as fuck, and it turns out Dad was the only faithful one about in all of them. <laughs> How do you explain that to your husband? Hey, honey, I'm finally yes! pregnant, and it's the devil's baby. <laughs> And how did he believe her? He's like, oh, yeah. cool. All right. Right. Well, and the thing, like when he says, I've always been faithful yeah. at, at the beginning. And then you think, oh, well, she must have cheated on him. But then you realize that he probably means like that the fact that she stopped having faith in God. She stopped asking God for a baby and then just asked Lucifer, which I'm not. I mean, how do you even do that? I, I don't, don't know. know. But I thought maybe she she cheated with the devil. I mean, unless, I mean, does he just. Well, okay. Does, is it like, True. is it like Jesus and it's just immaculate conception or is it like. Right. Or is it like an incubus where he just comes in the night and. Yeah. Does his. Mm, I don't know enough point. about this. And, and he, and I, apparently he gets around. So. He just like knocking up everybody around town. I He's know. popular with the ladies. That's something. Yeah, I was like, well, that does explain why Haley is so annoying. Because I bet all of Lucifer's kicks are dicks like Probably. that. Because she, she, she was, she was very annoying to me. Okay. Oh boy, you guys. So that was Eli. Not terrible, just really a lot of that came out of left field yeah. towards the end. But I didn't hate it. It was it was uh, it was okay. I'm not a big horror fan, and I know we said that this. I don't know. I would call this more suspense, yeah. maybe, than horror, because there were definitely some jump scares. Because I counted them. But anyway, so um, I think we've planned what we're doing next, right? Yeah, Should we yeah. tell? Yeah. Okay. So. Next, we are going to watch and talk about The Vast of the Night. It is on Amazon Prime, so if you want to check that out before you check us out talking about it, that would be fun. And what else do we need to talk about? You want to talk about where they can find us? Sure. There's so many places. You can find us on Twitter at That's So Pod. You can find us on Facebook at That's So Original Podcast. You can find us on Instagram at That's So Original Podcast. You can email us at, you know the email address because I can't think about it is. <laughs> well, it's That's So Original Podcast at gmail.com. That's what I thought, but I didn't want to be wrong. Um, we want to hear from you. We want to know that you're listening and then either, aim, hey, even if you want to tell us that we suck, at least you're, we know that people are listening. That would be nice. Yeah. 
I mean, that'd be fine. It, w- it won't hurt my feelings forever if you do that. But tell us we suck, but then give us a five star review. Thanks. That'd be great. Right. But we are available on iTunes and Spotify Sp- and Stitcher yeah. and iHeartRadio. Everywhere. Yes. The whole place. Yes. We're everywhere. There's no excuse at this point. Or anywhere that you listen to podcasts, you can find us because we're there. We are. We are all over the place. Let us know you're out there. Yeah, and stay tuned after for our gag reel. I think it will be pretty good this week. And we will talk around your area next time. Bye. Bye. Da, 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 da. Bye. All right, puppy. You cannot be on the podcast. Is that my dog? You hear my dog? Yeah. Shut that dog up! Thanks. I'm Kelly, and here, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Hold on. Yeah! I don't care. Leave it. Oh, no, wait a minute. You can flush it. Sorry. <laughs> Please leave this in the gag room.